That'll do it. The game may be over, but our coverage of Utah Jazz basketball is just beginning. That kid is on fire on catch and shoot threes right now. This is Utah Jazz Game Night Post Game Show. Dante drives in and out and bounces to Gobert, and he rocks the pass Presented by both Mark Miller Subaru locations. Go where love takes you in the completely redesigned 2020 Subaru Outback. Available now at Mark Miller Subaru, the official Subaru partner of the Utah Jazz. Learn more at markmillersubaru.com. Now, it's time for a complete wrap of tonight's Utah Jazz game on the Utah Jazz Radio Network. Jazz game night post game show. Jake Scott and the coach Gordy Chiesa. The Jazz fall to the Blazers tonight, one twenty six, one eighteen. Post game brought to you by both Mark Miller Subaru locations. Go uh, go where loves takes you in the completely redesigned two thousand twenty Subaru Outback. Available now at Mark Miller Subaru, the official Subaru partner of the Utah Jazz. Learn more at markmillersubaru.com. We'll have sound from the podium with Coach Snyder and the locker room coming up for you shortly. But Coach, uh, another tough loss. For the Utah Jazz in the preseason, of course, so keep that in perspective. But uh, it played well at times offensively tonight, but I think everybody's concern still is about the defense. Yeah, and it starts with uh, ball containment, the ability for the Jazz perimeter uh, guardians to be able to guard in a stance, not allow um, easy dribble penetration. So, so much is based on, we call Jake, uh, giving a, a cushion where you press up initially to get into your stance, and then based on the speed of the dribbler and his ball skills and the velocity of it, you give a cushion to try to stay in front. The more times that you're able to contain the ball within reason, it keeps your defense solid. And whenever your defense solid, it, it, it takes away some of the easy looks for three-point shots. The Blazers are a terrific uh, space-out team where their main guys, meaning Damian Lillard and C.J. McCollum, uh, they had a week, I call it a snake dribble, where they're snaking in the lane to make plays for themselves or for kickout passes. And if, they, if you go under the screen, they shoot over the top with a rhythm, and they're both knockdown shooters. They're absolutely sensational, and that's why the uh, the Blazers have been six straight years in the playoffs, and last year they, they, last year they went to the conference finals. Impressive. Uh C.J. McCollum tonight, 28 points, 11 of 15 shooting. I mean, he was just red hot. Damian Lillard, 25 points on 8 of 13 shooting. The Jazz were led by Donovan Mitchell tonight, 9 of 19. He had 27 points. Maybe more importantly, he was 4 of 5 from 3, so he was uh, really shooting the ball well. And, you know, we we talk about some struggles defensively, Coach, but offensively uh, tonight with, with the a exce- uh, couple of exceptions, uh, the Jazz did play pretty well. Very much. They did a good job as far as offensively of getting themselves in the paint. Now, the Blazers' defense um, on ball containment was only average. And so the Jazz were able to make plays in the paint. Michael Conley, Donovan, Donovan Mitchell, uh, Moody was in the paint making plays. So what you want to do is that be consistent. And then defensively, the flip side of it has ball containment. Jake also, when the pregame show, you know, we talked in length about young Zach Collins. I know in, in Salt Lake City, there's a lot of uh, Gonzaga fans that live here or went to school up in uh, Spokane, including the great John Stockton, one of the greatest players in chess history. And Zach Collins goes 13 points, five rebounds, six for six. And for young Jake, he turns 22 on November 19th. So he's a young big guy that the Blazers feel that they can um, 
uh, amplify his career to go with the sensational perimeter game of the two main guys. Impressive. All right, your final tonight. Uh, the Jazz fall to one and four on the preseason. They they lose to Portland one twenty six to one eighteen. Coming up right around the corner, we'll let you hear from Coach Quinn Snyder, and we'll continue to break this one down. It is the Utah Jazz game night post game show on the Jazz Radio Network. That'll do it. This has been Utah Jazz Basketball on the Utah Jazz Radio Network. Utah Jazz Basketball is brought to you in part by Larry H. Miller Lexus and Murray. And Lexus of Linden by Zions Bank. For a noteworthy approach to banking, Zions Bank is for you. By KUTV2 News, a proud partner of the Utah Jazz. For the best way to plan your day, watch 2 News this morning. And by your Utah Toyota dealers. For all the latest jazz interviews, insights, and breaking news, go to 1280thezone.com and utahjazz.com. This is Utah Jazz Basketball on the Utah Jazz Radio Network. Jazz game night postgame show. Jake Scott and the coach, Gordy Chiesa. The Jazz fall to the Blazers tonight, 126-118. Let's uh, take a look at your sharp stats of the game. Brought to you by Les Olson Company. Les Olson Company, your office technology partner. Tonight, the Jazz shot uh, 44.6% from the field, uh, 14 of 30 from downtown, uh, 46.7%. They were led by Donovan Mitchell, who had 27 points. Mike Conley had 20 points tonight on 6 of 13 shooting. Uh, Rudy Gobert. 13 points. Uh, a couple guys coming in off the bench. Manuel Moutier, 12 points on 5 of 9 shooting. Also added 6 assists. Nice night for Moutier. Joe Ingles, 12 points. He had an assist, a rebound, and a steal as well. George Niang with 11 points coming in off the bench. Real quick uh, thoughts on Emmanuel Moutier, coach. Uh, he, he got his first action in the last game, and it looked a, a little bit rusty. Today he puts in 21 minutes. Uh, certainly you've got to like the 12 points, but how about the 6 assists? Very much. He's a big guy that can get in the lane, so he's a crafty ball handler against smaller size of defensive players. He gets his shoulder by the initial help uh, defensive player, and now he's in the lane making plays. And he's got some good like uh, pass-offs as far as interior or kick-out for threes. So he's a, he's a guy that is a is better driver than shooter. As far as uh, he's a Korea, he's a, he's a, a Korea 32% three-point shooter. So his game is more what? A penetrator. I'm looking forward to see Boyan Bandanovic uh, as far as playing in a regular season. We know he's a tremendous shooter. Jakey goes tonight 0 for 9 overall, 0 for 5, 0 for 5 during the game. Here's my notes about him as far as what, uh, what he can imp- improve on. He's a knockdown shooter. So that's, that's the, in other words, there's no lack of confidence. What he's doing right now, he's aiming the ball and he's shooting the ball too much as far as, far as over his eye versus shooting the ball slightly on the side of his head. And that little slight adjustment of not aiming it versus what? Shooting the ball from on the side of your ear, that's what he does best. And so hopefully in, in his career arc that he's going to go back to the films and watch it. That, and you say, well, why is that important? That little thing of eye shooting versus what? Shooting on the side of your ear why it creates what? The arc in the ball and gives you a clear sight. And more importantly, it's rhythm for you. Great shooters need the ball to go in visually to keep shooting. So is this uh, with him, is, is that potentially just a comfort thing where he's getting used to a lot of, uh, of new things and he's probably getting a lot thrown from him, uh, thrown at him from the coaching staff as far 
as scheme and term, terminology and defense and all those things, and it's just a matter of maybe he just needs to get a little more comfortable to get back to being himself? That's Absolutely. That's one thing. As far as, like any business, any profession, the more I feel comfortable without being overconfident. It's that sweet spot mentally as far as all athletes have and basketball players, especially shooters. Every shooter thinks that my next shot is always going in. Hey, by the way, the glass is always half full, and that's Bondanovich, and he's a knockdown shooter, and the Jazz need him. Again, he's aiming the ball instead of what? Shooting it. That's correctable. He's a smart player. The Jazz have terrific coaching. He can correct that, and more importantly, the Jazz need him. The Jazz signed him to be a knockdown shooter to play in lockstep with Joe Ingles. So the Jazz have two bookend shooters. So when Donovan and Michael Conley penetrate, they have options one, option two in the corner, and then you have Rudy Gobert in short corner spacing for the drop-off dunk pass. You know, with, with shooters, because I've had a lot of people come up to me, Coach, and ask me about uh, Bogdanovich and a couple of the struggles here in the preseason and ask me if I'm worried about it. And I, I the thing with shooters that I've always noticed, and you you tell me if I'm if I'm way off on this, but it always comes back to their average. It always comes back to the mean, maybe a little better, maybe a little worse. But you don't go from being a you know a, a 37 percent career three point shooter. You don't go all of a sudden down to the twenties. You know what I mean? They, they it's like a hitter in baseball. You get those streaks where you're in a bit of a slump, but it, it seems to always even itself out in the end. Oh, very much. Here's some quick numbers. His sixth season in the NBA, he's a 38.9 percent three point shooter. So he's 39%, 46.3% from the field. And so, again, what you want to do is um, catch in rhythm. And so much is your teammates for that swing, swing, corner three. You know, Jake, when you really got it rolling, when that ball in jazz basketball, when that ball is popping from one side to the second side, and the ball goes to a knockdown dagger shooter, that rainbow three arc by either Joe Ingles or Bondanovich. So he will find his shooting stroke. He's a veteran. He knows his shot better than anybody else. The, as far as understanding of what makes a player good as far as shooting is that their confidence, but it all starts also with, uh, with the uh, with base footwork. So your footwork is in place, and then when you catch the ball, you're in total rhythm. And again, the release point's important also as far as don't aim the ball, shoot really slightly on the side of your head. How much, uh, when you were coaching, how much do you talk to a shooter when he's going through a slump? Uh, because, or is this one of those things that you you don't coach him out of, they kind of need to figure it out for themselves? No, you coach him, but you don't coach him during the game. Hmm. Because during the game, they can't process it. So what you want to do is very calmly, is that either the next day or two days later, based on the, the player's personality, of a, a short mini uh, film session, we'll say of uh, eight to ten clips. The first four clips are always positive, where the player sees himself in rhythm, in total uh, total stroke as far as knockdown, and then show, uh, four, uh, give, show him ten clips, four positive, four non-positive, of currently what he's doing wrong, and then show two when he's getting uh, being bumped off balance and making off-balance shots. And so it's, it's, uh, it's just understanding a player's personality. All right, well, we're waiting for Coach Snyder to come to the podium. Let's take a look at your points in the paint. Brought to you by Serta Pro Painters. Call 1-800-GO-SERTA or visit certapro.com. That's Serta with a C. We do painting, you do life. Taking a look at your points in the paint tonight, uh, Coach. Uh, Portland outscored the Jazz, but not by much, 50-48. to 48. And uh, we're, we're going to talk a lot throughout the year for obvious reasons about Rudy Gobert and his ability to, to roll and finish at the basket. Taking a look at Rudy's numbers tonight. We don't see these, these games very often, Coach. Uh, 
he was four of eleven. He had thirteen points. You know, not a great night for him offensively. But one number, he was five of ten from the line. And and this is actually a compliment to Rudy how far he's come on his free throws. But we don't talk a lot about those fifty percent nights from the line very much either. So this wasn't quite Rudy's night rolling to the rim offensively. Well, what happened? He was getting bodied by early Whiteside, and then then Zach Collins put a body on also. So really what you want to try to do if you're the passer. So so much for a big guy finishing is that your passer hits you in stride with most big guys, Jake, they get in trouble when they roll to the basket on the second bounce. On the first bounce, they're catching in, in fluidity, and they just can catch and rise up and shoot over the top. When there's a second bounce or a bounce and a half, that's when they get their footwork tangled. Hmm. So, Jake, a lot of times bigs miss shots when they're rolling, when their feet get tangled. Very similar, Jake, to your life, entanglement. <laughs> very but Jake, similar. The very, but that's a different story for a different day. This is jazz <laughs> basketball. Uh, Rudy did uh, had a, have a really great night on the boards, however, Coach. He had 15 boards, six of those coming on the offensive end. And one thing with the loss of, of Derek Favors, it does leave a bit of a, of a, a hole in the rebounding numbers that you're going to count on Rudy a lot uh, to go out there and have those big board nights. So he certainly did do that tonight. They need, Ed, they need Ed Davis to give us more. They need Jeff Green. Jeff Green is absolutely athletic, and he's, he's a high riser. So when Jeff plays in the game, we'll say 15 and 19 minutes just on average, he's got to go to the boards with, uh, with, with velocity, and he's got to get, I call it, climbing rebounds. So a lot of times the ball might bounce to you. That's commendable. The ball bounced to me by lucky day. What you want to do is what? Get uh, climbing rebounds, velocity rebounds, and you're in traffic. Because the, as the Jazz go forward— and and, we're, and the Jazz will go forward. They need they need everybody to gain rebound. And rebounding is so much what? Positioning, effort, and then most of all, if you're a leaper, Jake, the worst you could do ever is be athletic and what? Be a starer. Imagine just <laughs> I like sta- that. A starer. Oh, oh starer. You know, starer. Hey, in, in, in the real world, yo, man, you're staring at me? What are you doing staring at me? In the basketball world, it's the exact same thing. Why would you want to stare at the ball? So you want to do is you want to elevate. So the Jazz need Jeff Green type people to help Rudy on the boards because we love Rudy, but he needs help. Ed Davis also has got to be a contributor. And all the other guys on perimeter, what you want to do is win as many as you can mismatch rebound situations. That's when the guy's bigger than you. So, for example, so Donovan's got to take on Zach Collins in a, in a blockout situation, drive him off the boards, and make Zach go over his back for his third or fourth foul in the game. And it's all part of, of, uh, of jazz basketball as far as rebound. Rebounding by committee. And uh, the next highest rebounder tonight was Royce O'Neal, who had six. And then everybody else kind of contributed, as you said, Coach. Uh, Donovan Mitchell had four. Uh, Ed Davis had four coming in off the bench. Uh, Jeff Green tonight had three. And then kind of a, a lot of ones and twos uh, throughout the, the rest of the box score. So no doubt about it, it's going to have to be one of those team-type things for sure. Uh, 126 to 118 is your final. Why don't we step aside for just a second? We'll get to hopefully Quinn Snyder coming up right around the corner. It's your Jazz Game Night post-game show. Jake Scott, the coach, Gordy Chiesa, right here on the Jazz Radio Network. (laughs) 
Jazz game night post game show. Jake Scott is the coach. Gordy Chiesa is the Jazz fall to the Blazers tonight, one twenty six uh, to one eighteen. Let's take a look at your assist features. Proudly sponsored by Larry H. Miller Dealerships. Throughout the Utah Jazz season, Larry H. Miller Dealerships is donating fifty dollars for each assist to Larry H. Miller Charities. We are driven by you. We're hoping to hear from Coach Schneider still coming up here momentarily. But the Jazz tonight, Coach, assist number uh, might be a little lower than you uh, are accustomed to seeing it. Uh, 17 assists tonight for the Jazz on 41 made baskets. Uh, They were led, as we uh, mentioned earlier, by Emmanuel Moutier, who had six assists coming off the bench. But nobody else on the team, Coach, had more than than two. Donovan Mitchell with two, Mike Conley with two, Royce O'Neal with two, and then a few uh, with just one. So uh, kind of a lower assist number than we're used to seeing. Very much. And that starts with sometimes, especially early in the season, is an element of over-dribbling. The reason why there's less assists, people say, well, it's because of I didn't make the shot, meaning shot-making as a collective group. That's part of the equation. But generally speaking, when there's, there's the less assist than usual, the dramatically the primitive players over-dribbled. In most NBA games, the primitive players determine these thoughts. Who shoots, when we shoot, and why we shoot. And so if you over-dribble collectively, and that's indicated tonight as far as only 17 assists. Jake? Let's go back to the, or let's go down to the podium. Coach Schneider addressing the media. You know, we just haven't had consistency. I I think, um, you know, we we came out and, you know, we, we... we weren't imposing our will and, and you know, and, and being the aggressor collectively. You know, I think there's possessions um, that we had that, you know, you're going to have some good possessions in the course of the game. We, we just um, weren't, we, we didn't string enough of them together. And particularly early when you, you know, those guys, um, you know, Dame gets a couple clean looks, um, you know, with, with you know a breakdown or a lack of awareness or whatever the you know the the cause is, and then guys get going, you know, and and players like that if they if they start feeling it, it's it's hard to to turn it off. So um, you know, I had we played really well defensively, I would feel the same way about how we have work to do. It's not you can't do something for one possession. You can't do something for one quarter. Or you can't do something for one game. Um, you know, and, and th- it's the investment you make in it um, that ultimately, you know, that, that that creates the the grit and the fiber. And, and that's just we got to work, and we got to keep working, and pay attention to details, and and results will follow that. You know, we've been working. And sometimes when you put time into something and you work at it, you kind of have, have an expectation that it's, okay, I, I did this and you know, I bought my ticket. Now I get to turn it in and go on the ride. And just, you know, it doesn't work like that. you got to keep investing, keep investing. And that's the, course, that's the course of a season, too. So, you know, we've got some adversity in the preseason, which is unusual. Um, but that's what it is. And when I say that, in a sense, that's good. We get a chance to get a get a, uh, a very honest, transparent look at where we are, and you know we don't want to be where we are. We want to be better. Joe has seemed particularly comfortable coming off the bench. Has looked good. What allows that, and, and what do you like about what he's done? Uh, 
what allows him to be comfortable. I think Joe's got a, like, uh, you know, Joe, Joe has a comfort level with, you know, the team. Um, Joe assimilates quickly as well. He's, he's someone that's able to, to, because he can do a lot of things, um, he's able to help the team in lots of ways, which, you know, that versatility um, on both ends of the floor, um, you know, I think allows him to, 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 to be in different situations and be effective regardless of his, his role. So coming off the bench, he's he's able to do that in different ways. We, Joe, we, we, the way we played Joe last year, you know, we we started him, but he he came out pretty quickly, and then he was with, you know, he kind of anchored a group um, on the bench. So in some ways, you know, his role, although he hasn't started, isn't isn't as drastically different as it may appear. The fact that he because he's not starting. Jeff, he hasn't uh, started, I should say. Rudier got a, a lot of run tonight. What do you mm-hmm. think of his game and, and how he's fitting into the team in general? Yeah, I mean, I, I think, you know, I, I guess if you were to ask me about any player right now, um, I would see how they're playing through kind of a defensive lens. And so w- what I saw from Emmanuel, um, you know, was someone that, that, that that's – there's an effort. There's there's a care factor, and Emmanuel, like all of us, just needs to keep working and keep grinding, and keep competing and, and staying committed on the defensive end. I think um, as he does that, he's you know he's a he's a really he, he's got he's a basketball player, you know, and, and there's times he makes the game look easy um, because he can make plays, he can get where get to spots on the floor. But I think, you know, again, I, and I think if you asked him, he'd, he'd say the same thing, that, you know, his his ability to defend and impact the game that way is going to have the biggest impact on our group. Quinn, uh, Boyan said this morning that he felt like he was really kind of struggling to find the flow of the game yeah. thus far, and tonight seemed to be another kind of struggle for him. What have you seen from him? and? and uh, what do you think it'll take to kind of get him going and get him feeling comfortable? This is, you know, this is the first summer that he hasn't played throughout the whole summer with um, his national team, um, and then you know he's in a new environment. Um, you know, I, I think again, kind of like we talked about with Emmanuel. You know, I, I thought the game was easier for him. You know, earlier in the preseason, and. Um, you know, he, he just he'll get back to being more instinctive and, and making making reads. But again, like like Emmanuel, like Mike, like Rudy, like the, when you throw your if we throw ourselves into the defensive end, I think a lot of those things will take care of themselves. And oftentimes, um, you know, if if you're struggling a little bit offensively, it, it can it can impact you defensively as well. You know, the game it's connected like that. So um, I'm not. I'm not worried about about Boyan. He'll 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 find his his rhythm, and uh, you know I, I I think like like the rest of us, you know he he just keep investing and defending, and, and let that be the way we evaluate ourselves. Okay. That was Jazz head coach Quinn Snyder after his team fell tonight to the Blazers, one twenty six to one eighteen. And coach, a lot of his comments, even talking about Bojan right there toward the end about him finding his rhythm. He said he's got to play defense first. So many of Coach Snyder's comments coming back to to defense and imposing their will and getting to where they need to be on that side of the floor. 
And what happens, once you play defense uh, mentally and physically, the ball always finds you offensively. It's, it's backwards, how players think. If I got somebody on perimeter and I'm in my stance, I'm moving my feet. This guy's not getting by me and I compete on the ball and the ball's thrown uh, across the floor. I jump to the ball in position and I, my knees are bent. Jake, just playing defense with your knees bent is absolutely critical. And when you do that, the ball finds you offensively. Suddenly, Jake, you're running down the floor. Guess what I found? The ball's right in my hands and my shooting rhythm. Or when Donovan and Michael uh, Conley penetrate, they kick it out to me. They throw the ball to my to my exact shooting hand. I can catch and fire in the same rhythm. So Boyan Bondanovich, he's a knockdown shooter. Um, Quinn is absolutely on point, a thousand percent as far as... Uh, Jazz is a defensive character, and that in jazz basketball, they go forward. they got to keep working at it. This thing called the NBA, this is hard. I know it's only preseason. This is hard. This is, this is when you got to compete on both sides of the ball. And usually speaking, in jazz basketball, we, we saw this last year, the jazz play uh, tremendously forward instead of backwards. That's a compliment. Uh, another thing Coach Schneider said that uh, that really stood out to me, he said, uh, we now have a transparent look of where we are, and we don't want to be where we are. Now, I guess my question for you is, and that's a that a, seems like a really straightforward and honest statement to me, but probably a lot of the a lot of NBA teams in, are, are feeling that way. In fact, hold that thought, Coach. Let's go down to the locker room. Tony Park standing by with Rudy Gobert. Hey, thanks so much, Jake. Rudy, Coach Schneider said uh, it's always important to just be honest about the assessment of the preseason, and now get ready for the regular season when you think of the most honest truths about this team here so far what are the biggest things that jump out to you you get better you know, it's what it's about you know whether you you get four wins in preseason or or whether you get one you know it's always the same and uh you know every year you got every season you got some ups and down and uh you know the most important thing is for us to to keep working, and keep believing in ourselves, keep believing in our strength, keep believing, keep believing in who we are, and I think we we're gonna be fine. When you evaluate the entire preseason, what do you like about what has processed so far, and, and what are the things you want to see improved before next Wednesday? Uh, I mean, obviously, you know, we're a defensive team, so hopefully, we give a less than 100 points. You know, when the season starts, I think we the the, the good thing, you know, is that it hurts. You know, when like we, we we give up that many points, you know, and to to other teams that we played against, you know, it hurts, and we feel like we, you know, we we gotta keep improving, and that's that's a good thing, you know, we we get we take pride in it, and as long as we take pride in it, we're gonna do whatever it takes to, you know, to keep getting better. When you talk about that improvement defensively, where does it start? What's the first step to that as you get ready for the first game of the regular season? To me, it's uh, having that in that identity, you know, that that grind, that mindset, that we got to hit first. We don't want to be, we get punched in the face every time in the first minute, and then we have to react. We got to be the team that, you know, that, that impose our will on that end. And, you know, and then keep doing what we do. You know, there's no magic. You know, we just got to do everything we do a little better. And uh, every time things go wrong, we don't have to, we shouldn't doubt about what we do. You know, we just got to do everything we do a little better, which is protect the rim, protect the strip online, and uh, and be a physical team. When you talk about punching first and being that team to do that, when you play with new players, is it kind of a variable thing on when they see it with the same definition that you do? 
What do you say when you play new? Same definitely. Yeah, when you're playing with the new players, it is I mean, it. It's it's a process. You know, I mean, we have some guys that have been playing in the same team for how many years? Ten for my ten, thirteen years. I don't even know how many, but I wasn't even in the league yet. And uh, all of a sudden, you got a, a few weeks uh, with a new team, and you got to change your habits and. You know, and we all have, like, I was in the national team. I said the same thing yes, two days ago. You know, I was in the national team. We, like, those habits, it takes a little while. But the most important thing is that we we have that drive and we have that pride. And I think we do have that. So I'm not worried. You now have a week before the start of the regular season. Is that a good thing right now because of after losing four straight games? I mean, if, if, we're, if, we're, if we would have won four games, would it be a great thing? That's why I'm asking you. Would it be? A, is it a good thing whether or not you win or lose? I think the good thing, thing is that we 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 want to keep getting better. That's a great thing. You know, the preseason record is uh, nobody cares about it. To be honest, uh, the most important thing is the way we play. And uh, and right now we feel like we we don't play the way we want to play. You know, we. I mean. Maybe everyone thought it was going to be easy. We signed a few guys. We got a few guys that are gone, and we think everything's going to be great. But it's not how it works, you know. It's it's basketball. It's a, it's the NBA. Uh, every team that comes in the building want to kick our ass, and and it's going to be like that, you know. When you're a good team, that's what that's what it is, and it's on us to you know kick the ass and be ready like to 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 first of all defend our home court, and uh, and every time we step on the court to be ready to. To be the team that we can be. What's Quinn's tone with you guys right now? Is it is he mad with you guys? Is he hopeful? I mean, kind of how is he approaching this? I mean, it's, I wouldn't say mad. You know, we all we all feel the same. You know, we all feel like Quinn. It's not a we all we all know that we're not the team right now that we we want to be and what we aim to be. You know, and it's and if we were if we were, it would be we would feel like we want to. You know, we we overachieved, so it's like, you know, we we know what we have to do. You know, we just gotta keep building those habits, keep building our identity, and uh, you know, and then it's gonna come naturally. Guys, that's Rudy Gobert. Let's go back to you. Thanks, Tony and uh, Coach Rudy. Uh, really to the point, right there, and echoed some of the stuff uh, I was going to ask you about from from Quinn Snyder. But but Rudy just very focused on on improvement and putting in the work, and said, you know, maybe people thought that this was going to be easy with some new faces, but it's not. And you were just uh, saying some of that too. This is the NBA. This is going to be hard. It's going to be. It's going to take a lot of hard work. Hard work. And also, by the way, the other guys don't cooperate. It's who you play against. This is the NBA where the, the players you, you, you have to guard or they're guarding you. They're going to be physical. And also, they're ultra-talented with a vast number of ball skills. And so your ability to really be alert and ready to guard your position. It all starts on individual defense. So Rudy's talking about that the Jazz had all these uh, new players and they're talented and they're good. And they all fit. So the Jazz offseason had tremendous uh, as far as acquisitions. Now, now they've got to fig- they have to um, keep improving and also uh, play as a unit and that's on both sides of the ball. And so there's a level of it, there's a level of newness about it. The Jazz will be ready next Wednesday against the OKC Thunder. Uh, Jake, just add to this. So Damian tonight and CJ McCollum and that crew, these guys are three-point shooters and they're also terrific drivers. Now the first game against the the OKC see Thunder, the Jazz perimeter defenders. So all the guys on perimeter, they're staring at Chris Paul, 
Shea Gillis Alexander, and also Dennis Schroeder. Mm -hmm. So there's three guys already. So these three guys, and the the Thunder start three-guard offense. So, again, all the Jazz uh, players offensively have to guard their position on perimeter. And that's where it starts. So if I'm those guys, I'm thinking about ball containment between now and uh, next Wednesday at 10 uh, o'clock our time here. All right, coming up right around the corner, we'll get you more sound from the locker room. We'll continue to break this one down as well as the Jazz fall to the Blazers tonight, 126 to 118. Jake Scott, the coach, Gordy Chiesa, right here on the Jazz Radio Network. Jazz game night post game show. Jake Scott and the coach Gordy Chiesa as the Jazz fall to the Blazers, one twenty six, one eighteen. We'll take you back down to the locker room. Coming up here momentarily. Let's take a look at your master of the glass. Brought to you by Safe Flight Auto Glass, the local vehicle glass expert. Back for another great year of basketball. Proud to be the preferred auto glass partner of the Utah Jazz. Safe Flight Auto Glass also proud to present this year's Master of the Gra- uh, Glass Rebound Program. At the end of the regular season, Safe Flight will donate five dollars for each rebound secured by this year's team rebound leader. With all proceeds benefiting the uh, neighborhood house. And uh, we touched on this a little bit earlier, Coach, but uh, Rudy Gobert led the way for the Jazz on the boards tonight. 15 total rebounds, six offensive uh, rebounds for Rudy. Uh, The Jazz uh, grabbed 44 total boards. Uh, Royce O'Neal with six rebounds tonight. And, you know, we talked about Rudy's going to need some help on the boards, and we brought up uh, Ed Davis and and Jeff Green. But, you know, don't sleep on Royce O'Neal. His game is expanding. Each year he's been in the league, and if he's being asked this year, coach, to play a little bit bigger, he's going to have to go uh, snag those rebounds as well. And the way to snag the rebounds is to get early position. So what you want to do when that ball's in flight, you're, you're absolutely carving out space early, and you're driving back the opposition. Offensively, what you want to do is that once the ball is almost released and you feel the ball's not going to go to you, you've got to run into the paint area. What most guys do wrong, Jake, when they rebound from perimeter and crash the boards, they run They run under the basket instead of spinning into the lane and try to rebound the long miss off the board. So it's more of a, a chase-down rebound versus what? A climbing rebound. Hmm. So Royce O'Neal can, can, can increase his rebounding total by, by uh, understanding that I'm chasing the ball down most of the time versus being vertical where we're in traffic. Let me ask you this about rebounds, Coach, because I, I had a chance to have a, a one-on-one interview with Ed Davis uh, a few days ago. In fact, it was on uh, it was on Monday. And by the way, Ed Davis, great interview. He's a, he's a terrific guy. If you want, you can go to 1280thezone.com and, and give that a listen if you didn't get a chance. But two times now, Coach, I've tried to ask him his secret to rebounding because if you look at his numbers, if you go rebounds per minute, he's, he's one of the best that's ever done it, actually. I mean, he's he's absolutely elite uh but i asked him i said what's kind of your secret and he said nope i'm not going to tell anybody that's I'll, I'll tell you on the day after i retire which was was kind of a, a a funny answer but let me ask you this how much can you coach when it comes to rebounding and how much is it is it instinct and the the savviness of a particular player and toughness. So the and toughness. Is, yeah, mm-hmm. the answer is you can coach it as far as positioning, but so much is innate. So your your ability to really get your body in movement before the shot is taken. So Ed Davis, what he does very well, he carves out space. So he plays what we call it below the hip game. So he's a hip to hip rebounder. He's a he's a good leaper, but not really a. a, a 
a, cl- a cloud jumper. We call it a cloud jumper. But he, what he is, though, is that he rebounds uh, b- below his hips. And that he drives the, is, uh, the, op- the opposing team back as far as off the boards to carve out space. And that's who he is. Ed Davis rebounds very well in traffic. Jake, a lot of guys can rebound when it's free-flowing and the world's perfect. But you, just like you, you're driving your car, Jake, and you're in a traffic jam, you've got to keep your wits about yourself. You've got to be explosive. You, remember, uh, I call it, you're, you're jumping in a phone booth. That's what you really are, because you're, you're so in tight. The ability to, to be the vertical, but when you go vertical, initially you want to bounce You want to bounce the defender away from the ball as you jump. And what most guys do wrong, Jake, they lead with their elbows versus what? Lead with their hips. Mm-hmm. And Ed Davis, to his credit, has mastered it. Well done. Let's add to that, Jake. His father played in the NBA, Terry Davis, for a long, long time, back in the late 80s and early 90s. And he also was a, a good rebounder. Ed Davis surpasses that. Who uh, who's the best rebounder you've ever coached? Probably a pretty tough question, actually, because you coached some some rebounders. Oh, very well. The first one is Carl Malone. Now, sure. Carl, yeah, Carl was a Carl was a good leaper, but again, not a high riser. He's, he was Ed Davis with what even more bulk. So Carl Malone, when when it was mano a mano in traffic, everybody fell down. So it wasn't like the guy next to him. Carl was such a, such a great rebounder in space to get it. And a lot of his what? Positioning, second effort, desire. And that's what you, Carl was the best rebounder, and it's proven by longevity. Rebounding is an is a art. It's an art. And like all like all art, whether it's Picasso or not, you've got to paint the you have to paint your own canvas as far as uh, how you rebound. The worst you can do ever in a game is be athletic and not get any rebounds. Jake, I have a real problem, Jake. Jake, talk to me right now, Jake. <laughs> I have a real problem when these guys are so athletic, ultra, and they jump above the box by a foot and a half. Oh, by the way, I got one rebound tonight. Oh, really? <laughs> I know You could be a dead man in a, in a grave and a ball bounced to my grave. <laughs> No, Jake. Yes, no, maybe, oh, could, yeah, would, should. I, I'm sure it drives coaches everywhere nuts, right? And, and that's one thing. I mean, we, we've talked about Bojan Bogdanovic, and not to switch this up on you too much, Coach, and, and his shooting struggles. But one thing with Bojan, he had one assist, Coach. He did not have a rebound, didn't have a steal, didn't have a block tonight. I mean, it's one thing to struggle shooting, but, you know, you'd like to see players, like you're talking about, fill it up, maybe impact uh, the game in, in other areas. What you want to do is, if you're not shooting at that moment, during the course of a game, whether it's self-inflicted or the defense is not leaving me and I'm not getting the ball in rhythm, okay, so far, that's a bad vibe. What you want to do as far as make plays other sides of the floor. And in jazz basketball, as the jazz go forward, they have a bunch of guys that are two-way winners. And so, Jake, rebounding, chase the ball down. What do we know? Most times when you get a rebound off a chase down, the defense is scrambled, and now you're able to throw the ball usually to the opposite corner. So the shot's in the air, Jake, and a long rebound. I chase it down. The defense is now scrambled, so they don't know they're guarding. Most times the opposite corner is open for a three. When you're really great, you miss the three, rebound the three, kick it out for the three, and what? It went in now. And that happens in a game. Those are the drills we do in practice, and what that does then, the bench is uplifted where you miss a three, rebound a three, and make a three. All right, Jake, the, the trifecta. The trifecta. I like that. All right, let's go back down to the locker room. Uh, Tony Park standing by with Jazz point guard Mike Conley. Tone? 
Man, he's uh, he's done well with the, the the few games he's been able to play. Obviously, um, we're trying to bring him along as, as quickly as possible, and uh, we're just preaching to him just to continue to, to affect the game in ways that you know his abilities allowed him to. He's a big guard; he can get to the rim and make plays. And I think he's just just like all of us are trying to figure it out as we go and, and um, soak up as much as we can in the short period of time before regular season. He's he's done a great job. Rudy talked a lot about identity as one of those things. You feel like mentally this team has that identity you want to have, especially on the defensive end. Now it's just a matter of really putting it on the court and having it be the way that you envision. Yeah, and I think that's partially of the the you know what's going on here is we have so many like-minded guys in the defensive end that we're all like, oh, it's, it's going to click. We're going to do it. We're going to get it going. And and for whatever reason, we're not all doing it at the same time. Um, you know, we just need to, you know, be accountable on that end. We need to look in the mirror and say, hey, it's time for each individual guy to do their job, and, and collectively we can do it more consistently. So um, I think that, you know, it's good that we had these kind of games going into the regular season. It, it, it's almost like a wake-up call. You know, allows us to, to not not understand that this, everything's sweet and it's going to be easy. we got to go work for it. and. Um, and it's, it puts us in a good spot. We're just going to go and work for the next week and get ready to go. When you were in the off season, you know, you're going to play for this team and you kind of envision playing defense for this team. And now that you've had just a small dose of being on the court, what has either been more difficult or, or much different than you maybe originally thought? Uh, in my case, it's, it's trying to break habits from 12 years and the same kind of system with the same big man, you know. So I've been so used to, you know, different schemes and stuff like that that, you know, I've been, a, you know, the culprit a lot of times on defense of not being in the right position because I'm, you know, thinking about a, something that was two years ago or last year. So just trying to get used to the calls, trying to get used to even even Rudy calling them. You know, I'm used to a Spanish, you know, Marcus Hall, you know, his 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 American, you know, accent. Now I'm, I got Rudy's American accent and trying to get, under, you know, understanding everything he's saying. And, um, and I think it's just going to come. Like, it really is. I thought tonight that we did we had spurts where we played really really good defensively and just you know and seeing it i think the more the more we see it the more we believe that we can do it i think it's it's going to come so you talk about breaking habits you still had really good habits in memphis right like those they're just different habits yeah. different productive yeah different 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 schemes you know different mindsets on the defensive end and um here is different because we we put a lot on Rudy and we put a lot on Rudy to to protect the paint so like we don't have to help as much uh, off of shooters and off of um, you know drivers and stuff like that so I'm so used to packing the paint and and working my way out Um, but now I'm just trying to find that fine line of being in help being able to get back to my man um, and understanding that you know like Rudy's telling me all the time he's like if they drive by you just let them go and I'll you know I'll meet him at the rim and you block my guy out and you know so I'm trying to get used to all that and um, I think, like I said, the more we play together, you know, it's still so early that we have just so much more room to improve. It, it, I'm, I'm still very excited about it. And you're also thinking, yeah, I'm supposed to let my guy go? Wait, wait a second, how does that work? Yeah, right, so. Right. so I'm so used to, you know, thinking about stopping the ball and getting it out of the hands and, you know, moving, getting the ball moving that it's just different, you know, different mindsets, different players, different personnel. So, um, like I said, we're just all just trying to figure it out, and we will. You know, this week's going to be really good for us. Lastly, offensively, how do you feel? I mean, the passing lanes seem to be there. It seems like you're seeing the floor really well, and it feels like you're consuming this offense really well. Yeah, and um, I still don't have it all away, but it's, you know, from the 
two or three games I was able to play and the last two were more real real games, more realistic. Um, I feel good. You know, I feel like I know when I'm supposed to attack. I know when I'm supposed to make a play. Um, I'm still trying to get used to when to throw the lobs, when to throw the skip passes, and and playing with different guys like Joe uh, when he comes in the game and how he handles the ball and where I can be, you know, uh, in corners and space and Donovan and stuff like that. All that stuff has been great. So just trying to get, you know, more and more acclimated with it, and I'm sure I will uh, as the season goes on. Thanks, Mike. Yeah, thank you. Guys, that's Mike Conley. Let's go back to you. Hey, thank you very much, Tony. Uh, and I'm glad uh, Tony caught this and, and followed up with the question, Coach. But uh, Mike, some very interesting right there that you know he's been in the same place for a long time, and he's he's played with similar players. You know, you heard him talking about communicating with Marc Gasol with his Spanish accent, and now it's Rudy Gobert with his French accent. It's just so much different. But he talked about how he has to break some habits because the Jazz do things differently, even for a guy who's been in the league that long and, and a veteran and, and played so well over the years. You know, you come to a new situation and you've got to you got to kind of learn it's almost like you're a you're a young player again you've got to pick up some new stuff and break some old habits and and pick up some new ones very much so michael Conley, this is in the nba right now is 13 season coming up he's talking about uh marco soul as far as a big burly guy as far as rim uh, half rim roller not totally or pick and pop also he didn't mention zach randolph zebo that was his teammate for a long, long time. So Michael's used to playing with big body uh, rollers and post-up guy. Rudy's the opposite. Rudy can roll, certainly. And Rudy's more of a, of a rim runner as far as uh, uh, getting it. And when Michael was talking about where uh, if you get beat, Rudy's going to be uh, in space and challenge the shot. And then, uh, then uh, what Michael's going to do is rotate to Rudy's man. And so that was tonight with Zach Collins a lot of times. And Whiteside, they cleaned the boards up because Rudy would give help, and they were late to rotate as far as the second guy to the other big. And so, again, it's instinctive. Part of it's philosophically, and more importantly, what, is keep keep playing yourself back into the play. Jake, what's the play defensively? I don't know. But the thing is that any time there's someone open under the basket and he's open, that's your man. Uh, Mike tonight, 20 points on 6 of 13 shooting in 27 minutes play. Had two assists, two rebounds, and a steal. All right, coming up on the other side, we're going to put a wrap on the preseason, Coach. We'll get your final thoughts on this game, and we'll look ahead as well to game number one next Wednesday night against the Oklahoma City Thunder right here at Vivint Smart Home Arena. It's all straight ahead on your Jazz Game Night Post Game Show. The Coach, Gordy Chiesa, Jake Scott with you as well, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Lavoisier, he puts the hook shot up, no good. Donovan rebounds. Three on three break. Donovan down the middle. Bogey on the left side. Donovan to the window. Floats it up. No, Royce O'Neal with a one-hand follow. Here's your call of the game from David Locke. Welcome on back. Jazz game night post-game show here on the Jazz Radio Network. The Jazz fall to the Portland Trailblazers tonight, 126-118. to Jake Scott, the coach. Gordy Chiesa with you. Uh, coach, let's take a look at the three-point takeover sponsored by Mountain America Credit Union, helping members achieve their financial dreams for more than 80 years. Tonight from three, Coach, 14 of 30 for the Jazz, 46.7%. Uh, they were led tonight by Donovan Mitchell, who was 4 of 5 from 
from three. Joe Ingles, four of five from three. George Niang came off the bench, hit all three of his three-point attempts. Uh, there were some struggles, too, tonight. Uh, Bojan Bogdanovic was 0 of 5. Mike Conley was uh, was 1 of 5. Jeff Green, 0 for 3. But I think most, most nights, Coach, if you were to ask Coach Snyder if he'd take 14 from thir- uh, fourteen to 30 from three and 46.7%, maybe he wants a couple more attempts, but I think he would take that percentage. Oh, very much. That 46.7%, that was based on ball movement, or the ball was in the paint area, kick it back out for rhythm threes. Inside, outside threes, usually speaking, are knockdown. And that's, that's when the Jazz are good, that's the shot they have and they make. Does it just blow you away, Coach? All your years in in basketball and seeing the game evolve, uh, is it just wild that we're talking about 30 attempts and saying that the Jazz could attempt more and that might be low? (laughs) You know, it's just the game, the three-pointer is just such a big part of the game now and there's just so many attempts out out there. David Locke talks all the time about how the Jazz ideally want to take 40% of their shots from three. That's just so amazing where the games come. And add to that, so if that's the philosophy and it's sound, then you got to rebound the long misses. So so segue to that would be, if I do miss the shot because a good closeout defense, my teammates are going to not crash the boards, crash the lane. It's a big difference so that you, you can rebound the second miss against a scramble defense. So just as important as making them is to rebound the ones you miss. And defensively, Jake, as far as being in the correct coverage to uh, challenge three-point shots and be the second jumper. Most times when you, pl- when you challenge three-point shots, you're not the first jumper on a head and shoulder fake. You foul a guy as you're the second jumper where he jumps first, you jump second to challenge the shot on the least point. All right, if you're uh, working the night shift tonight or just jumping into your car, uh, the Jazz were led tonight by Donovan Mitchell, 27 points on 9 of 19 shooting. Mike Conley with 20 points tonight on 6 of 13 shooting. Rudy with 13 tonight. Joe Ingles, 12. Emmanuel Moutier with a very nice game with 12 points and 6 assists coming in off the bench. Uh, Portland was led by C.J. McCollum. He had 28 points. He was absolutely scorching red hot. 5 of 7 from 3, 11 of 15 from the field. Damian Lillard, a stud as well with 25 points tonight on 8 of 13 shooting. Uh, Coach, this is going to wrap up the preseason for the Utah Jazz. Give me a couple of thoughts on what you've seen and uh, what uh, they're going to uh, be working on in this next week of practice before opening things up against OKC next week. Well, the Jazz are working in progress both on two sides of the ball, whether it's offense or defense. They're going to uh, try to get everybody as far as uh, in rhythm as far as movement. The Jazz this week, I'm sure are going to work on, Jake, which we call the un- under three-minute game. Okay. So, which means that the three-minute mark as far as the TV timeout, now that it, now you most times it's a, a two- or three-possession game, generally speaking. And now there's so many close games in the NBA, the Jazz will be maniacal about winning close games. And it all starts by emphasis, which the Jazz are smart at, and they're going to try to get everybody involved at the end of the game of what they're trying to do, what's the shot selection, the, 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 the coverages you are in pick-and-roll defense, and how we are able to use the clock smartly and take advantage of our special skills as far as penetration. The, 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 uh, the under-three-minute game is absolutely critical. 
All right, our next broadcast will be next Wednesday, game one of the regular season. The Oklahoma City Thunder are going to be in town. Tip-off will be at 7 o'clock. Pre-game coverage here on the Jazz Radio Network will begin at 6. We want to say a big thanks to Lock and Boone for doing their normal terrific job, bringing you all the action tonight. Thanks to all the broadcast assistants for their fine work. Thanks to Adrian Leiser, executive producer of Jazz Game Night. By the way, Coach, did you know Adrian is a coach too? I did know that. Coach a little volleyball over there at uh, Brighton High School? I love it. So, they, so we have a coach in our presence. I know. I, I'm the. I not feel, as successful as you, obviously. <laughs> I feel outnumbered, though. You know, as the only coach not currently in the room, I feel like you know. Uh, and ball is ball, no matter what sport it is. I, th- I feel like I should just listen. I feel like you guys could could really give me you know great advice on on not only sports but life itself. So maybe I ought to pay attention to the coaches in the room. But thanks to Adrian, fine work, Adrian, as as usual. And coach, I got to say thanks to you. This could not have been more fun. I'm excited to do a bunch of games with you uh, this year. This is going to be great. Thanks so much for coming in. Thanks, Jake. Peace out. All right, your final tonight, the Jazz fall to the Blazers 126-118, to and you heard it all right here on the Jazz Radio Network.